This is made for you by All Souls, a church in Seattle, Washington, seeking to be a community not just for ourselves, but a vibrant expression of who God is, gracious, present, hospitable. Take a moment now to come as you are and bring your attention to God. I should start by saying that I love the season of Advent. I love the candles and watching the light grow each week in anticipation of the day when God's light will drench this world. And I love the Advent color purple and how wearing purple reminds me that my King is coming. I love Advent poems. A line from George Herbert's poem, The Glance, is included on the quote page of the Order of Worship. I love how Advent poetry helps me to slow down and wonder at what it will be like when I shall see God's full-eyed love. I love Advent artwork and how images stir my imagination for God's kingdom, for when God's kingdom will fully and finally be here. Wimbo, would you mind putting up on the screen this image? Thank you. So this is a piece that Peter recently found for our home to put up during Advent. And as I look at the outstretched arms and the print, I realize my own longing for God to stretch out his arm and heal all that is broken in our world. I love Advent songs and how they are filled with a bright sadness. They have both heartache and hope for our home to be recovered. If you attended Vespers on Wednesday night, Tim Moore led the All Souls Advent Choir in one of my favorite Advent hymns, O Come, Divine Messiah. O Come, Divine Messiah. The world in silence waits the day when hope shall sing its triumph and sadness flee away. The world in silence waits the day when hope shall sing its triumph and sadness flee away. I love Advent's invitation to be honest about our longings, and to hold fast to the hope that help is on the way. The night is nearly over. The daylight is near. In Advent, we wait 
long, anticipate, prepare, and hope for the coming of Christ. As Christians, we believe that Christ has already come. We believe that God in Jesus took on flesh. And in doing so, Jesus took up the task of preparing the way for the kingdom of God. We believe that the long-awaited Messiah has come. The one who is wisdom. The one who is light. The one who is Emmanuel, God with us. We believe that Christ has come and that Christ continues to come to us in the present. When Jesus ascended to the Father, he didn't abandon us. He sent us the Holy Spirit. Through the Spirit, Christ comes to us in our everyday lives. Christ comes to us in our grief, pain, suffering, and disappointment. We believe that Christ has come. We believe that Christ comes to us in the everyday places that we call home. And we believe that Christ will come again. As Christians, we hold these three comings together. And as we hold these comings together, our readings, prayers, and songs in Advent uniquely invite us to long and hope for the future. The future coming of Christ, when Christ comes in glory. We are invited to long and hope for the day when in George Herbert's words, we see thy full-eyed love when thou shalt look us out of pain. We are a people waiting for hope to sing its triumph and all sadness flee away. Advent doesn't dispense warm wishes. As much as I appreciate the predictability and even the cheesiness of a holiday, of a Hallmark holiday flick, Advent doesn't tie up all the world's loose ends with a pretty bow. Advent does not deny the darkness within and without. Advent looks unflinchingly at the darkness and declares that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Advent does not dispense hollow words. Advent dispenses hope grounded in God. Hope grounded in the Word of God. Hope grounded in the Word that stands forever. Isaiah 41 through 11 sings and shouts, Hope, your God is coming. Your God is coming. This word that the Lord gives the prophet Isaiah comes at a dark time for the people of God. They have been invaded, conquered, and captured. 
They have been removed from their homes. The most sacred place in their homeland has been destroyed. The temple, the place where God's glory dwelled, the place for experiencing God's presence is gone. It appears that all is lost. It appears that there is no hope to be found. Buried in suffering, the people of God ask, does God have any power to change the situation? Is God really good? Does God really love us? To a people stripped of their homes and wounded by war, God sends a word of encouragement and assurance. To a people whose situation seems utterly hopeless and who have every human reason to despair, God says, comfort. Comfort, my people. To a people who feel abandoned, neglected, and forgotten, God says, speak good news. To a people who think God no longer cares, God says, tell them I'm coming. Shout it out, here is your God. My youngest two children and I have been reading through a book series called The Vanderbeekers. It's about a family of seven who live in Harlem, New York. And the five Vanderbeeker children routinely find themselves in situations where they have to work together to overcome or to solve a problem. And in book four, called Lost and Found, the Vanderbeeker children find out that one of their best friends a ninth-grade boy has been evicted from his home. Their best friend has been sleeping in a garden shed. And as the Vanderbeeker children try to grasp the situation, the oldest pulls out her laptop and researches children and homelessness. It turns out that there are many children, like their friend, living on the streets. My youngest daughter was shocked by this news. She was shocked to learn that there are children in America who experience homelessness. Her only exposure of homelessness has come through the West Side Neighbor Shelter, where she has seen adults pull out cots at night. After finishing our chapter, we stopped and prayed for children in Seattle on the streets and in shelters. We prayed and asked Jesus to come and provide beds and food and permanent housing situations. We thanked God that one day there will be no more homelessness. Our prayer time turned into questions about what it will be like when God makes this world new. At some point, I made a comment about God coming to be with us forever, and that God would make his home, that God will make his home with us on this earth. 
And my youngest daughter got really excited and said, wait, when God comes and makes all things new, we're going to see God, like in real life. The excitement that spread across her face helped me to hear the words of Isaiah anew. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. All people will see it together. To a people in desperate need of rescue, God says, I'm coming, and all people will see me. All people will see God move into the neighborhood. God's forever home will be with us. Preparations are being made. Renovation is underway. Rubble is being removed. The path is being cleared so that all people will see the glory of God. All people will see the real presence of God. God's full-eyed love will flood and fill this world. God's full-eyed love will drive out the darkness. God's full-eyed love will look us out of pain. Comfort my people. Comfort my people with good news. Proclaim and exclaim for all to hear. Hear, read, mark, learn, inwardly digest the story of good news. God is coming. God's rule and reign will be established. God will rescue, renew, and restore. The good news has begun. The good news is here. The good news is coming. Hope shall sing its triumph and sadness flee away. Come, Lord Jesus, come.